0: See, here's the thing. While everyone was busy getting all excited, the results were never going to match, and they sure haven't. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Nationals 3, Pirates 2, another tooth pull, another lousy loss at the end. Chris Stratton giving up a two-run homer to Michael Franco in the eighth inning to blow the lead and blah. The whole thing was just, well, it was blah. I mean, you can find positives. You can always find positives. O'Neill Cruz hit his first home run of the season. It was A very predictable bullet went the other way. Miguel Yahure came up and started and pitched pretty well. That means something toward the future, potentially. But the results, the results. Do you realize that the Pirates have won only five of their last 21 games? Do you realize that three of those five came against the Cubs? You can look at all Kinds of different markers. You can say, "Well, they played the Rays super tight in all three games down in Saint Petersburg, and they did. Two of those were walk-offs for Tampa Bay. The third one was a lot like the game last night, in that it was just blown at the end. And what you're left with afterward is Derek Shelton sounding a lot like this. I threw him a hanging breaking ball, you know, and in that situation, we we have to execute a pitch, and we did not. Thrilling stuff, huh? Probably not what some people expected on that week where Cruz came up to PNC Park and they were scoring a zillion runs against Chicago and everyone was like, this is fun, the team is fun to watch, this is a blast, I could get used to this, and then because that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. If it's not the pitching letting you down, and that's more likely, given the state of pitching at the organization's upper levels. But the hitting can go bone dry, too, and we've seen that as well. We see this lineup strike out pretty much nonstop. Anyone who gets hot doesn't stay there. The young guys, when they have their big boom impact, like a Jack Sawinski, like a Diego Castillo, We remember that because we go, yeah, young guy, he hit the ball. He hit it very hard. He hit it very far. But what we don't focus on nearly as much is that the young guys are all around 200 for batting average. They're striking out way too much. And after those big home runs, they'll go one for their next 12. And I know I sounded like a wet blanket at the time that everybody was getting super stoked, but this was what I meant when I said, just go easy. This isn't it. This is not the resurrection of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. What we're seeing isn't a resurrection. It's more of a revival, I guess. I think revival is fair. The point that... I kept emphasizing when Cruz and Bly address came up, especially, obviously, regarding Cruz, was that half of the everyday eight, the future everyday eight, appeared to be in place. And I might have been generous throwing Suwinsky into that mix because, I mean... When you hit like a dozen home runs in a really short period of time, it's hard to picture that you're not going to at least be a decent starter in the majors. I mean, that's, that is a freakish act for anyone, but especially for someone who wouldn't make it. Do you know what I mean? It's in there. We see that it's in there, and he's brought it out at the top level. Even if he were to take some significant step backward along the way, you know that he's come up and he's done it. And Cruz, you know he's here to stay. There's just way too much talent, way too much. So if you have Swinski and Cruz and obviously Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds, yeah, that's half of your everyday. day, but it's half. And the pitching component is less than half. Right now, my view of this rotation is that it's got 1.5 future pieces at hand, one being Ruanzi Contreras, 0.5 being a very hopeful outlook that Mitch Keller has figured some stuff out as it relates to pitching versus throwing. It appears that he has, but it's appeared that way in the past as well. So while I'm not someone who makes a habit of telling People how to feel, I don't like when people tell me how to feel. I will at least suggest to people who follow this team intensely to kind of back off. and by that, I don't mean back off from criticism. Heaven knows there are times when it's deserved. You don't send Michael Chavis out to be the pinch runner when you need him to pinch hit, for example. But what I mean when I say that is to back off and look at the bigger picture the bigger picture is still what counts here. Can Yahure, who has shown at times the best off-speed stuff in the entire system, consistently throw his standard four-seam fastball for strikes? Can JT Brubaker avoid the gopher ball? Because when he has, he's actually been more than competitive. Zach Thompson, when he comes off the I.L., can he resume the track that he was on? Dude throws hard. He's huge, has a starter's build, looks like you know, your horse type, your um, Rick Russell or your Jason Schmidt type to throw it back to the past. And from there, you want to see some of the younger players kind of sort themselves out. In some cases, that's going to mean moving them down. Cal Mitchell, I felt like, had to go down, had to. He wasn't getting the at-bats when he was. He was striking out a ton. I can tell you unequivocally that he was taking it hard. And whether or not Josh Van Meter moves the excitement needle, you still have to do what's best for the younger players. And with the way Sawinski was going in particular, and then Madris coming up and hitting the way he did, you just weren't going to get Mitchell out there often enough uh, to avoid stunting him. So this is where we are. Just hit the reset button for where you were the day before cruise came. It's still in the same spot. There's just one or possibly two more players at hand. That's it. When we come back, J1Q, J1Q comes from Matt in Butler, who asks, thoughts on Derek Shelton throwing Chris Stratton's arm off last year and his regression? I'm worried that David Bednar will face the same fate. Matt, there's every reason to worry about Stratton. I don't believe that health is one of them. I have no reason to believe that health is one of them. I asked on the last homestand Lots of questions related to pitcher health, and a couple of those behind the scenes, and I got nothing. When you see guys struggling, it doesn't always mean that their arms are tired or that they're hurting. Sometimes they're just not getting the baseball to do what they want it to do. In Stratton's case, at the risk of getting overly technical here, he's a spin rate guy. He's always been a spin rate guy. When he was acquired from the Angels, the upside that was seen in him was that he could spin the ball at a certain rate. Well, he hasn't been all that great at it. He hasn't been in control of the ball in the way that you need to be. And he said as much last night after giving up the home run. He said it was a pitch that wasn't executed and not everybody likes hearing that because it sounds overly simplistic but that's just what happens it's a precision sport and if you're not precise especially in the art of pitching you're you've got no chance now has stratton been overworked i mean that's always in the eye of the beholder stratton's 2021 appearance total was 68 That's not super excessive. I've covered relievers who've been 75 plus the year before, of course, was the pandemic year. He only made 27 appearances the year before that. He only made 35. So the idea that he's, you know, some kind of damaged goods. It's a first instinct now, but it isn't always accurate My worry out of the two guys you referenced in your question was Bednar. Because in addition to, you know, having a lack of command or whatever, Bednar never walks people. And if you go back to a couple days ago in St. Pete and that really bizarre blown save, you know, he gets the two quick outs and walks a couple. It's just not at all like him. Shelton did say to the reporters in Washington last night, including our own Chris Halleck, that Bednar wasn't available last night. For anybody who's wondering why this guy or that guy couldn't have come in for Stratton, Stratton was going to have to get them two innings. He didn't, and that's really just because he wasn't very good, and that apparently is just because he hasn't been very good. This is why relief pitchers don't get multi-year contracts. By the way, they never, well, I should say never, they rarely sustain a strong performance, even from year to year, never mind over a handful or several. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.